Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. What a day to be alive. Now let me modify that. What a great day to be alive. For any student of life and history knows this. From great affliction emerges great character, that the greatest testimonies come from the greatest testing, that when sin abounds, we see grace much more abounding, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God's Spirit raises a standard. So I repeat, what a great day to be alive. When the going gets rough, God promised He would lash our feet with shoes of iron and brass, that he will give us the strength that we need as the day requires. We have sufficient grace, sufficient strength. We are going to make it through this day and age and see grace unfurl and the spirit of the Lord unfold. We will see the greatest days of our lives. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and here on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about stretching ourselves. And what a great subject we have today. Let's call it Bethel, not Babel. Yes, that is a fundamental and distinct premise of our philosophy in life, of how we view ourselves, our positioning, our role, how we navigate our way through this world. We can use some shorthand language. It's Bethel, not Babel. Now, when I use these two words, I'm using expressions that start way back in the book of beginnings in Genesis, and they extend through the Bible in one form or another from the Old to the New Testament and even to our daily lives. You see, everything, everything that matters in the rest of the Bible can be found in some form in Genesis, faith. In the beginning, God, the kingdom of plants, animals, fish, humanity, astronomy, geology, meteorology. We find marriage. We find family. We find home. We find sin and redemption in the book of Genesis. We find altars, prayer, sacrifice, suffering, dreams, promises, deliverances, miracles, Second coming can be seen in Genesis, for as it was in the days of Noah, and as it was in the days of Lot, all of this in Genesis. Heaven, paradise lost, is paradise regained. The tree of life found in both Genesis and Revelation. You get the picture? Everything that is important later in the Bible and life can be found in Genesis. And so can Bethel and Babel. In Genesis 11, we see the beginning of religion. Babel was the beginning of it. You see, Satan is the master counterfeiter. He counterfeits true religion with false religion. He offers Babel rather than Bethel. Why? Because Satan knows mankind has the power of choice. And most often, in the majority of cases, we will choose the false over the true, the counterfeit over the genuine, the temporal over the eternal. Satan knew that. That's why he was hanging out in a tree in the garden. 
The serpent wasn't found in the tree of life. What God wanted Adam and Eve to eat so that they could live forever with him. No, the serpent was found in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the forbidden fruit. I said Babel was the beginning of false religion, but it was prefigured in that old tree. Man was told to eat and they could be like God, knowing good from evil. That man had it within his ability to be God, to do it all by himself. Man is eaten from that fruit down through time itself. And we see it formalized at Babel. Let's review the Bible story in Genesis. The flood has happened. Eight souls are saved by water. The commandment was repeated. The same given to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 was repeated to Noah and his family in Genesis 8. Go be fruitful. You need to multiply. You need to fill the earth. And generations were born. But rather than fill the earth, they remain together in one place, sort of like those apostles in Jerusalem. It took something cataclysmic for them to finally leave their hometown and obey Acts 1-8, to leave their Jerusalem and go to their Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. They camped out rather than spread out. They homesteaded rather than pioneered. They grew complacent rather than growing adamant with spreading the gospel. So God told Noah's successor, spread out, take dominion of the earth. They moved a bit to the east, but settled in a plain of Shinar or Babylon, the so-called fertile crescent, the cradle of civilization. And when they got there, they said, this is far enough. We're going to stay right here. And that's when we're introduced to a man named Nimrod, the king of Shinar. He's called a mighty hunter, which can mean defiant before God, that he was a God fighter. He didn't want people to spread out. He wanted them to stay put under his control, his rule, his reign. His was the kingdom. His was the power. His was the glory and no one else's and certainly not God's. That was Nimrod's philosophy. He said, let's build a tower. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's build it higher than any flood water. Let's build it to reach the heavens itself. We can do this. We can worship without obedience. We can be spiritual without being righteous. We can do it all by ourselves. Thank you very much. The word tower was a pyramid-like structure with steps. It allowed the worshiper figuratively to ascend into the heavens. We, too, can ascend to the heights. We can be like the Most High God. This was Nimrod's message. We don't need God to come down. We'll step up to the plate, rise up, and be gods ourselves. So understand, understand, religion is always man's attempt to be God. And that is mystery Babylon, the deceit of the ages. But one morning, the true God separated the language. People showed up to work and worship, and they no longer could understand one another. Until that time, everyone on earth spoke the same language, but now they're divided. And the migration begins, people finding their language groups and spreading out over the earth. Hundreds of years would pass, and in that time, we read of Abraham leaving that very land and looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Abraham built altars. Abraham worshiped God. Abraham received promises from God. Isaac was born, and then Jacob. Seventeen chapters after Babel, and hundreds of years later, 
true religion is found at Bethel. Here, heaven condescended. On that mountaintop where Jacob lay sleeping, heaven came down. Man didn't climb to get to heaven. Heaven descended. Jacob saw this golden staircase. He saw angels descending and ascending. He saw the Ancient of Days at the top of that ladder, and Jacob understood. He got it. False religion, or Babel, says man comes first. True religion, or Bethel, says God comes first. False religion says I can do it all by myself. Thank you very much. True religion says if God doesn't show up, I'm in trouble. False religion says, I can design my own salvation. True religion says, no, I need a savior. And what a savior I have. False religion says, I can carve out my own niche. I can fashion my own ideas. I can have it my way. I can follow my own preferences. I can chart my own course. But true religion says, not my will, but thine be done. False religion says, I can bridge the gap. I can make up the difference between earth and heaven. I can get good enough, spiritual enough, holy enough. I can build my own reputation. I can weave my own destiny and tapestry. But true religion says, no, all I do, all I am is for the glory of God. And whatever I can do is only because he gave me a precious gift. You see, Babel is false religion that puts man in front of God. But Bethel is true religion. And it says, God comes before me in everything. It was Edmund Clowney who said it like this. True religion does not come from man's quest, but from God's intervention. God must come down. We can't come to God on our terms. God comes to us on his terms. The ultimate example of that was the Lord Jesus Christ, the tabernacle of God that was now with men. Jesus told Nathaniel, you will see the heavens open and you will see the angels descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is God's intervention to man. The Ancient of Days has become the contemporary Christ, the very present help in the time of need. The Pharisees of Christ's day, in a sense, were building Babel, their own religion, putting themselves before God. But Jesus was bringing Bethel, the presence of God, to men. You can't build it. God must bring it. Let me stop here. In each generation, in each year of our lives, we're going to have the chance to say God's way or our way. We will have the chance to eat from the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We'll have the chance to worship at Bethel or Babel. It looks like this. I don't think God cares about what I do. Well, that's Babel. God does care about what I do. That's Bethel. Or it sounds like this. Pastor, I can pray like nobody else. I've been known to tie up a thousand devils by their forked tails in a single minute. I can pray and even the angels in heaven stop shouting holy to hear what I have to say. I'm pretty much the most spiritual person I know, Pastor. 
Yeah, you keep building that Tower of Babel because that's all you're building, relying upon yourself, talking about yourself all the time. What we need is a plethora of less so-called spiritual people. We need less Pharisees and more publicans that will say, God, be merciful to me. I'm a mess. Come down, God. I can't reach you. I need you to come down to my level. Such reliance on God is a mercy magnet. It draws grace into this place. We will either choose Babel, which is man-made religion, putting man first, or we will choose Bethel, asking God to come down. When the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did not require a house, all he needed and still needs is just a heart. We don't need a tower of Babel. We need a humble altar that attracts the presence of God. The greatest need of this hour is not some magnificent invention. It's not some shift in technology. It's not providing a generation a new form of entertainment. The greatest need is to shake off Babel's influence and return to Bethel and find God in the midst of where we are. It's to say with Jacob of old, God, we've relied on the power of the flesh, but now we're looking to you. We need you to come down. We can't find you, but you know the way we take. We choose Bethel, the presence of God, not Babel. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.